OKHR Leads. I'm Tara Crowley, along with Rob Trotter. And Rob and I both currently serve on OKHR State Council. Uh, we're chatting with our community and searching for nuggets to share and pass along with um, about current working environments. Hey, Rob, I thought I lost you there. What's going on? Yeah, I uh, hit leave meeting instead of got it when you, when you said recording, but uh, I'm, I'm having a having a really good day, Tara. Uh, today, ABBA released their first album since 1982, so I have just been uh, just enjoying the great ballads of ABBA from the days of old. I'm sure Dave McLaughlin uh, from episode yeah. 25 took the day off to, to kind of listen to this. I can't imagine him not going to bed consciously. That's that's really it's been really good. Yeah, love it okay, all. hey, did you, did you watch that part on 60 Minutes, or I guess it was 60 Minutes, where they, uh-huh. they're going to do their concert, but it'll be just, um, what is it called, virtual? Three, it'll be like a virtual 3D kind of thing. Where they, yeah, 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 yeah. That's going to be crazy. Crazy. Okay, well, all right, so that's Ingenuity. <laughs> that's something brand new. Uh-huh. And so I think that we're going to talk with somebody today who is a little bit about ingenuity. Uh, I would say this person is the, is the, the yeah, I'd say this person is the ABBA of HR. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I think we have a tagline there, ABBA of HR. <laughs> Whew, we have, we have Lindsay Nichols today and Lindsay is currently the VP of HR for Next Step. And Next Step is a professional employer organization of PEO. So if you don't know that term, PEO. Um, where they assist um, and advise small to medium-sized businesses nationwide, not just in Oklahoma, but nationwide, with HR, benefits, payroll services. And Lindsay's um, pro career, in her professional career, she has grown up with Next Step. I mean, kind of bottom line, she grew up there. And along with volunteering for Oklahoma City HR and Sooner HR, She's held roles um, like college relations chair, and she eventually turned all of this leadership into being the state director for OKHR. And that's how I really became familiar with Lindsay, because she was at the helm and guiding all of us about all things HR. So I am really excited, because I think we get to peel all these layers with about Lindsay and just hear some more about what an awesome talent she is. Really, that's really kind of the bottom line. So, welcome, Miss Lindsay. How are you? Welcome, Lindsay. Hi, guys. Tara, Rob. It's always good to see you. And my first thought, as soon as I get off of this meeting, I'm going to listen to some ABBA, so I can uh, make note of that reference. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, since your tagline, your new tagline will be the ABBA of HR. I mean, it that's okay. solid. It is so solid. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, well, Lindsay, can you tell us? Um, I mean, we're excited to hear about you and about your organization where you work, but I want to hear about your background and how it led to your career, because you really kind of, what I've seen, really kind of grown up with Next Step. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, you hear, uh, I've met a lot of HR professionals and heard from a lot of them, and several, the majority of HR professionals, I feel like kind of did the stumble into HR track. And I didn't do that. So I don't know if that makes me special or weird or what, but my first introduction to HR was actually when I was in college and I majored in HR at UCO at Central Oklahoma and Edmond. And 
whenever I started there, I knew that I wanted to get a degree in business. I just wasn't quite sure which, if I wanted to just get a general degree or if I wanted to explore one of the specialties. And so the great thing about college is you can start in business and take some classes before you have to get into your specific major programs. And you know, in the olden days when before they had like internet where you could like look at a catalog, you know, uh, I had the actual booklet from UCO that had all the degree programs in it. So I was flipping through all the business majors and I was like, well, human resource management. UCO is one of the one of the schools in Oklahoma that has a wonderful HR degree program. And I promise I'm 100 percent biased towards UCO grads um, for 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 reasons that we'll talk about here later. I was like, gosh, this sounds good. The class, the class offerings that were there were things like organizational behavior and compensation and strategic management and training and development. And so I was like, oh, those all sound really, really interesting to me. And so I just, I declared my major in HR probably towards the end of my freshman year at UCO and haven't really looked back (laughs) since then. Wow. So yeah. Um, So finished my degree at UCO. I started my, which you mentioned, my volunteer leadership within the, the SHRM organizations throughout the state. That's where I started volunteering was for the UCO student chapter. I took my first HR class. I was introduced to Dr. Renee Warning, who is a beloved former professor at UCO who introduced a lot of people to HR while attending that university. And she sucked me into her orbit and I became the president. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, well, this seems like a good thing to do. A good resume builder. I can probably do this. And through that, I was introduced to Oklahoma City HR Society, who was the professional chapter who supports UCO and got introduced to a lot of really great people. And I just saw, I guess I had the wherewithal to see doors opening for me, you know, cause I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to mingle with these professional HR folks that seem to know what they're doing and they have real jobs that pay them real money. And so I just stuck with it. And, you know, throughout the year, obviously graduated from UCO and through my connections with UCO and in the professional, Dr. Warning actually had connections with some individuals at Next Step, who you know, Tracy Hickson. And when Tracy reached out to Dr. Warning, hey, we're, we have an HR opening on our team. Do you have anybody? Dr. Warning was like, yes, I have the girl and emailed Tracy my resume. So that was 16 plus years ago. And I'm still, I'm still here, (laughs) which is crazy. Well, I, um, you know, you just said you decided your major in as a freshman and, and don't you think that that's so strange that I think there are definitely people who, you know, this is, this is my passion. This is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. But when you're, 18, 19, 20, the fact that you're making a decision for the rest of your life is bonkers. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it. You know, I had no clue. Uh, It just looked to me like something that would be interesting to me. And also it'd be easy to get a job because I'm like, well, there are HR people in almost every single organization. uh, And it's probably pretty employable. So Whenever I started at Next Step, again, I didn't start at Next Step, which we can get into what we do with the intention. I didn't have any intentions really other than to collect a paycheck. 
truthfully and to get some HR experience. Had no idea what in the world a PEO was and really was in over my head whenever I started working for the organization, which is funny to think about. Um, but just, you know, I started as I think my first job title, I think it was just an HR specialist. And so we'll get, we'll get into next step here in just a second, but I've just continued to grow with the organization. You stick around long enough, they'll keep giving, right. <laughs> giving out good titles. So. You, are, are you an introvert or an extrovert? Introvert. Okay. okay. I, I thought I'd heard you say that you were an introvert mm-hmm. and that. I appreciate you saying that. I I think that I'm an introvert as well, but I also think of me meeting you or first seeing you, you are the state director for OKHR and you're standing in front of OKHR state conference speaking to a thousand plus people. My knees would be shaking. I mean, Mm -hmm. Rob can do it all day long, but I'm so, I just, you have presence. And I just want to say that to you, you have presence. It's very impressive. So well done. Well done. Um, you, you started to say, uh, working for a PEO and that you were, you walked in and they said, here, you're an HR generalist. What did that mean? I mean, I, sometimes I, we, some of these conversations are like a, um, uh, I'm interviewing you like for a job and I'm not, but I'm, I'm curious, like what people's jobs are or what they landed into. And, you know, if you landed in this job as an HR specialist, what did you get to do initially? Yeah. Yeah. So just to back up a little bit and do a little bit of PEO 101. So that's a whole lot of acronyms. So professional employer organization, we are basically an outsourced HR department for small businesses. So we service clients throughout Texas, Oklahoma, Colorado, throughout all 50 States really. And our average client has a little bit less than 30 employees. So if you think about companies with 30 employees, they're little baby, they're not babies, but they're small companies that likely do not have an HR presence within their four walls or within their building. They have, you know, a business owner, maybe like an office manager, and they're really good at being a dental practice or really good at being a law firm or building homes or whatever it is that they're doing. They don't have a clue about HR. They don't know how to run payroll. They don't know how to obtain benefits for their organization. And so it makes sense for a company of that size in particular to partner with a PEO like ours because you know, we're basically an HR department in a box, but so much better, so much better than they could purchase, you know, or hire for on their own. And so what our company does, so payroll is our core service. So all of our clients that utilize our services, we have to process their payroll. That's how we establish the relationship. And we establish what's called a co-employment relationship. And so essentially the employees of that dental practice, in my example, become employees of Next Step. And that allows us to process their payroll under our FEIN number. We file all the W-2s. We process all the 941s with the IRS, all all the state unemployment reports, all of that, all of their wages are processed under our FEIN. And what that creates is a co-employment relationship, which shares some of their liability with us. And so their former employees go file for unemployment that hits our SUDA account. And we are responsible for for responding to that unemployment claim. Um, And that allows us also to establish group benefits for that, for that work site, because technically they're employees of us. And so that allows us to offer them benefits under our large group plans. So that's kind of the gist of the relationship. We also offer 
Um, they're covered under our workers' compensation insurance. So if one of their employees is injured on the job, that hits our insurance because we're the we're the workers comp we carry the workers comp insurance coverage. But on the HR side, to answer your question, it took me a long time to get there. Our HR at the time I became an HR specialist. Our job, and it still kind of is today. It's evolved a little bit. Is to be that HR person for those clients. So the dental office, the office manager has a problem employee that shows up to work late three times a week. And they're, that person is just getting on their nerves. They're done. They call our team and say, okay, Mary showed up to work late for the 50th time today. I'm ready to fire her. And so our HR team does what other HR people do in the world. And you know, okay, well, what conversations have you had with Mary? What documentation do you have? We may, we probably have helped them if they've called us before and may have that documentation. We basically just counsel them through the, the situation. And if it truly is, you know, if our team determines that a termination is warranted in that situation, then we'll walk that person, that office manager through exactly what to do. We don't actually conduct the termination. Um, a whole lot of details that go into that, but we contractually do not have the ability to fire people or hire people with our clients. That responsibility lies on our client, but we give them all the tools and uh, tips and tricks that they need in order to do their job. So we'll we'll coach them on that and give them that advisement. And we, we stand behind that advisement because it's our necks on the line as well. So let's say we fire that employee for being late and it turns out maybe she was pregnant or something and she had morning sickness and couldn't get to work on time. And we didn't know that because they didn't tell us. Uh, and that employee goes and files a discrimination lawsuit. Guess what? Next step is involved in that because we're the employer of record. So we, we walk with that client through that whole process because you know, they're our co-employee. We gave them that advice and we're going to, we're going to walk through that with them. So that's basically what we do a whole lot of consultation with managers on what to do with all of these lovely humans that work for our businesses. We also get to do a lot of fun stuff. Like, you know, we work with a lot of great companies that partner with Next Step. And the reason that they do so is because they know that Next Step has a reputation for being a great place to work, which you'll, you'll probably get to hear a lot about that here in just a little bit. But Next Step is awesome. It's a wonderful place to work. You don't stay at a place like that for 16 years if it's not a great place to be. And so a lot of our clients will call us and say, okay, how do we be like you? What are some tips and tricks? Where do we start? And so we'll give them some ideas of what we do at our organization because what, you know, we've got a wonderful, you know, treasure trove of ideas in, in our four walls that are building of ideas that they could do. So we may suggest things like, you know, doing um, fun happy hours once a month or doing, you know, little committees or bringing in lunch or doing surveys or, you know, just all the little ideas that we do. So it's not just, you know, doom and gloom. HR is all about hire, all about firing and discipline. We, we get to work with our groups to help them create better, better workplaces as well. I am so stuck on the part of that co-partner with a company and the employee, their employee is under your federal ID. How does that split out? So do, is that like it's a, I'm using like an ADP, like, um, or a different business, like this is their company code. And so the company code X is for, you know, this one business and company code C is for this other business, but then they're being paid and their check says next up. Mm -hmm. Yep. Huh. It certainly is. And so we, when we file our wages with the IRS, 
they don't necessarily, they just, they get our entire file. So they don't necessarily know who works for who. We have some various certifications and accreditations that we maintain, you know, that we have to show here's our client list and here are all the companies that we're reporting payroll for. Uh, but yeah, they're all, they're all processed. And so the paychecks that they get say, <laughs> they say next step business solutions prepared for Dr. John's dental office or whatever, whatever oh, it is. Okay. 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 So I'm going to ask it this way. So how many employees do you all have? So we're, we're like with all of that. Yeah. With all of that with all of your clients. We're just under 20,000. So we process, Dang. Yeah, we process payroll for almost 20,000 people throughout the country. So it's fun. Wow. Okay. That's really cool. That's mm-hmm. really cool. So I don't know that I, I knew, I mean, I don't know that I realized that they, that you, anyway, that they were considered your employees. I think that's okay. Um, so h- how do you see what you do working with, and we, I feel like we've kind of touched on this, working as a PEO and advising HR rather than being an in-house HR advisor? Mm-hmm. It's, how is it? Yeah, so it is hard for our HR professionals that we hire in from the outside that have worked as I'm HR person for this company and this company over only the difference between what our HR people do and what, you know, I'll call them normal HR people for, for regular companies that don't use PEOs is we don't have as much control over whether or not they follow our advice what goes on on a day-to-day basis. We basically are here to answer the phone or respond to emails or however they get in touch with us. And we're kind of their little HR hotline. So we, you know, they ask us our questions, we give them our advice and just, you know, push them out into the world and say, good luck because we don't, we're not there, you know, to verify that they're doing it. We don't have any power to enforce our, you know, our recommendations on them. And so that's the hardest part is not being as hands-on as normal HR people. Um, but, but we get there. So our, our HR today, we call them HR business partners on our team. They have a dedicated book of clients that they're assigned to. And so they get to know them. They build relationships. We, we, we spend, we spend a a great deal of time really building those relationships with what we call kind of our client contacts. So whether that's the business owner or the, you know, the office manager or the administrator, our goal is to be, you know, whenever they have a sticky employee situation, whether or not it's a termination, we want them to call us immediately and just say, Hey, what do I do in this situation? Because the more they call us, the more we're involved and the more we can kind of help not control the situation, but help them make the right choices along the way. Because if they wait until the very end and they're fed up and their arms are in the air at that point, it's kind of damaged control at that point, or, you know, trying to talk, talk a manager off the ledge from firing somebody if we don't agree with it. So our, our goal is to build that relationship with our clients from the beginning so that they are the, we are the first person that they think about whenever they have an HR situation that comes about. Um, but we can't, we can't, we can't control whether or not that phone rings or not. And so it's really, really hard. I think in a, in a traditional HR role, you have the opportunity to kind of um, build relationships kind of one, one-on-one with those managers and, 
you know, be a little bit more proactive and, you know, seek out opportunities to, you know, make sure that those managers are trained. But in our situation, since we're kind of a third party outside consultant, it, we're, we're relying on that client to contact us and, and, and seek our advisement. Do you find that how I'm thinking about this is I, I'm thinking about our insurance broker and she, and I know that they have other clients. And I, I'm always amazed because we have had a connection with this person for a, a, a good amount of time. But I'm always like, how do you remember our stuff of what we've done every year? And then how do you remember what your other client or, you know, people that you deal with? Do you find that where, where you have employees that are advisors that are on the phone going, oh, well, I told you this. And it's like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your, your smile right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we we don't overload our HR business partners with clients so much so that it's hard for them to keep their clients straight. So they they do a pretty good job of going, okay, well, I talked to I'm I'll keep using my dental example because it's easy to think about, but I talked to Dr. Smith, you know, six months ago about this employee and you know, here's what I advise them. We also use technology to keep track of, you know. Dr. Smith called. And so we, we document the phone calls and the advice that we give. And so we can always kind of reference back because sometimes it's hard depending on, depending on how much time has gone. And then also it offers coverage if people are out of the office. And so if I'm taking a phone call for someone else's client, I can quickly pull up their account in our system and go, okay, I can see that, you know, they've already called and talked to us four times about this employee and I can kind of get the backstory that helps me offer better advisement. And then that keeps the client from having to, you know, retell their story a hundred different times, which we, we probably have all had to do in a customer service setting. You have a system that does that? Like a, mm-hmm. a program of, okay, that's curious. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, we <laughs> We use a very popular CRM. So CRM is just a customer relationship management tool. We use Salesforce. So a lot of companies use Salesforce. And so that's what we've built. Our customer relationship data system is built on Salesforce. So. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, just throwing out the PEO service, I just remember, and I don't even remember when this occurred, but uh, next step was on, on the news at one point and um but you guys also came and spoke with sooner hr about the situation of what had occurred because there was an emergency action plan that occurred uh emergency response plan erp right erp anyway um so i I just think about that that you guys are that type of service that if we're in a tornado or something in Oklahoma, your system will still process payroll no matter what. And so I think that's always, you know, something to think about. You know, we might think, oh, that's never going to happen to us. That's never going to happen to us. And you guys are a service that, well, guess what? If it does happen, it's, we can still get payroll done or we can still have employee files available, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that situation was actually seven years ago this month. So we had a, if you Google Next Step and Gunman, you can probably find some articles about it. But we had a, our our office building is on right off of I-35 in Norman. So you drive into Norman from on I-35, you'll see our building just north of Robinson. 
And we had a situation where a troubled gentleman took someone hostage at gunpoint in our parking lot. It wasn't a next step employee at the time. We had tenants that leased out space on the first and second floor. So it was one of the tenants of the office space and entered the building and very, very scary situation and lasted for several hours. It resulted in, you know, obviously the Norman police department evacuating the building, the SWAT team in place. It was a very, very scary situation that ultimately ended peacefully. Thank goodness that, that, that individual didn't have any intent to harm people. He just, he just was troubled and wanted to go to jail. And, but we didn't have access to our building and we were, we, we were able to process any remaining payrolls. The, I, I, I guess, I don't know if I want to call it a blessing, but the, uh, it just so happened to be the day before a bank holiday. And so we, it was, um, the day before veterans day. So it was November 10th. And so we didn't have a whole lot of payroll volume that day. It was a Monday. And so there was just not a whole lot of payroll volume going on that day. And that, that was, that was a blessing there. And we had enough people that weren't in the building that could handle things remotely from their home. We were able to forward the phone system so that someone outside of the building could answer the phones. And then we were able to communicate with clients. So uh, it was a very, very troubling situation. Nothing I would ever want to go through again, but we learned a lot from that, that situation on how we would handle something like that in the future. And we've actually moved more and more and more systems to the cloud. And obviously with COVID and remote work, we're, we're all pretty much available to work from wherever. So um, it was, it was not fun, not fun at all. My office isn't far from the next step building. And so, and, and we've made adjustments from that too. So it just, I mean, it, it impacted the community. Yeah. Bob, yeah. You were about to ask yeah. a question. Uh, well, you kind of brought it up there. I, I was curious, how has the, how's COVID and, and the pandemic impacted the PEO business specifically? Did you guys lose a lot of customers or um, what happened with that? That's a very interesting question. Obviously, we were worried, probably like everyone throughout the world. What is this going to mean from an economical standpoint for our business? And so what we saw from our client base is, is everything just kind of froze. We didn't lose a whole lot of whole lot of customers. We saw some clients reduce in size for obvious reasons and new new business coming on kind of slowed down as well so it just kind of became stagnant which obviously we want to continue to grow but it, it wasn't a terrible thing because it allowed us to kind of get our wits about us on what it is that what resources what information can we get out to our clients which was an overabundance of information. You all know as HR professionals, the amount of COVID legislation that was passed between what was it about March 17th through throughout the whole year of 2020, uh, it impacted our clients greatly. And so we, we took on the role as, of obviously we had to get our systems up and ready for all the paid sick leaves and the employer retention tax credits and all of that, that, you know, was a system, you know, payroll related type stuff. But then there was all of this other law stuff that we had to go through and interpret and, and, and educate our clients on. And so it created so much work. <laughs> uh, and we, we were glad to be there because that's why Next Step exists. Like I just, I picture whenever I explain to candidates or if I'm talking to new employees, I'm like, we exist 
because these small businesses could not do this without us. They could not, if they didn't have next step, they couldn't survive. They would have, they would have not been able to, to walk through COVID and, and, and this craziness. And so that gives me and my team and everybody at our organization kind of a sense of purpose. Like we are here to support these small businesses that wouldn't be able to get through this with, without us. And so, um, it makes us sound like we're, you know, some like nonprofit do good organization, which I mean, we, we do a lot of good, but um, it, it, it definitely gives us that why behind what we're doing, those long hours that it took interpreting all of that law, all the system setup that it took behind the scenes, clients, you know, reaching out because they were getting, they were trying to obtain PP, P, uh, PPP loans. And so they need a payroll reports from us. And so imagine, you know, all of our clients representing, you know, tens of thousands of employees that all needed their payroll reports and it had to be, you know, in a certain format and different banks wanted it in different formats. And so it seemed as though for about a week or two, we were working around the clock just to, just to meet those demands from the client. We weren't really working 24 seven, but it, there were, there were some periods of time where there was some serious overtime being put in just to make sure that our clients had everything they needed. Because you, if you guys remember those PPP loan phone, loan funds were limited. And so it's like the yep. clients yep. really wanted to get those applications in yep. before the money ran out. So yeah, it's crazy. Yep. So what about, uh, you know, Joe Biden's um, law that's going into place regarding employers of hundred or over getting the vaccine? Mm -hmm. um, you're, you service employers of around 30, but they're co-employees. So you got 20,000 employees. So does that dentist office that has 30 employees have to get the vaccine because they're part of Next Steps 20,000 employees? How does that how does that all iron out there? It's a very good question. So the so I actually was on a webinar that was discussing the new OSHA emergency temporary standards that were released recently. And they, they did not specifically write in PEO legislation or PEO language into, into the rule. Some, some laws do, which I can talk about on this, for the most part, for the most part, those laws that have an employer employee count threshold, they look at the client level. So if the dentist office has 30 employees, that's how they're looked at from a, from, from a, a requirement to comply standpoint, because we do not have hiring and firing responsibilities. So it's not like, you know, I'm coming in and telling them how to run their business. If I had control over their business, then that would change the nature of our relationship and make them have to comply with certain laws because of next step size. So that's why we don't get into the business of telling, you know, firing their employees or telling them what to do, because then that could obligate them to have to comply with laws that otherwise they wouldn't have to. So the 100 plus vaccine mandate is not going to apply for very many of our clients. We do have we do have a handful of groups that are over 100 that we're working with to help them come up with policies and, you know, best practices and recommendations on how we think they should they should respond to it. And obviously, next step as a business, we have to comply with it because we have more than 100 employees that work for us. For the majority of our clients, it's not going to apply to them unless they're federal contractors subject to that rule or their healthcare facilities that are subject to Medicare and Medicaid funded, which we do, we do have quite a few uh, healthcare facilities that, that are gonna have to comply with it. So, but like FMLA, so 50 employers or more, they look at the work site. So they don't look at next step with 20,000 employees. They look at the dental office and do they have 50 employees? And if they don't, then they don't have to comply. And it's, it's similar like that across the board with all of those employment laws for the most part. You're muted, Tara. 
talking to myself. Uh, what's the most satisfying accomplishment in your career so far? That's really hard. You know, whenever, whenever I first started at Next Step, I'm, uh, I don't know if you guys are into the Enneagram. So it's one of those personality assessments I've discovered, which I can go into it if you want me to. Yeah, what are you? I'm a three. So the Enneagram three, for those of you listening, you can just Google it and you can learn all about me and my, how my brain works, but the three is the achiever. And so we are motivated by look appearing like we have our act together by accomplishing things, by winning, by being the best at things. So obviously I've discovered that about myself, you know, in recent years, but whenever I first started my career at next step, I was so concerned with, okay, what's next. Okay. I've got to, I've got to climb this ladder. I got to do that. And then, you know, so seemingly I've arrived. I'm, I've been the VP of HR for, I don't know, about four years. I got my first promotion at next step after I'd been there for about five years. So I became the HR manager. We didn't have a manager. Whenever I started, we all reported to our director and we grew to a size where we needed a manager and I was promoted. And so it's like, I had these big goals to just keep, keep on climbing. And now that I'm here, I kind of look back on my career and I'm, I'm super proud of how far I've come. And Terry, you mentioned that, you know, I'm an introvert 1000% yet I've spoken in front of, you know, almost a thousand people at the HR state conference. So I think about something like that as well. Whenever I was in college, if you would have told me, Hey, in about 10 years, you're going to be on stage in front of a thousand HR professionals. I would have laughed in your face. I would have been like, there's no way, no way whatsoever. But I recognize that about myself. And I'm like, all right, you're going to have to figure out how to public speak because that's like, right. The number one fear of people second to dying. Right. Or something like that is that Jerry Seinfeld joke. So I forced myself to take classes at UCO that I wasn't required to do, you know, intro to speech and just, you know, just some communication type classes. I was mortified just in a little tiny class at UCO. And I've just found that like stepping outside of my comfort zone, like I recognize where my limitations are and continuing to push myself outside of that comfort zone has helped me kind of overcome and get me to where I want to be. I'm taking a really long time to answer your question, but it it doesn't just happen overnight. You know, you don't just snap your fingers and you're, you're able to speak in front of a, you know, a thousand people. I started by speaking in front of a tiny little class at UCO in front of 30 people. And then I felt comfortable speaking in front of my, my company and my coworkers. And then I felt comfortable speaking in front of clients. And then it just, you know, continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I'm, I'm super proud of where I am. Um, And I think if I had advice for, for, you know, there's probably lots of things that I could share, but, you know, it's recognize, you know, obviously set goals for yourself, but recognize your your limitations or maybe your fears and just continue to push yourself, just step your little toe in the water. And then, you know, pretty soon you'll put a whole foot in and then you'll be able to jump, jump right in. And it's not that big of a deal. And um, so I'm just, I think about that shy little 21 year old you know, whenever I was in college and, um, you know, just think about how, how far I've come and how, how much I've grown, um, just since that time, it's, it's, it's super fun. Awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Um, so what do you think, what lights your fire in your career? I mean, it's kind of along the same thing, but it's, Mm -hmm. 
What do you like doing? What gets you excited? Hmm. I, I, I love what I get to do every single day. And I feel very passionately about the company that I work for. I love, I love what we do. I think that we are the best place to work ever. And I don't have a basis for comparison clearly because I've worked here since I graduated from UCO. But what gets me excited is when other people in our organization get as excited as I do about the work that we do. They they find value in it and they get excited and 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 they start to appreciate the employer that we are. Um, I also, you know, I like to since I've kind of grown up in HR. To your point earlier, I like to mentor you know, college students or college graduates. And so we've, we've had a pretty successful kind of program where we've brought in about one intern a semester and sometimes they stay, stay a little bit longer, but I get super excited and I'm like, Oh, I was you, I was you 16, 17 years ago, you know, come here, let me, let me help you become, you know, a real grown up HR person. And so that, that type of thing really, really excites me. Um, especially whenever I kind of tell them my story, like, oh my gosh, I was, you know, super shy, super introverted. And then they see, you know, the things, the types of things that I get involved with now at the organization, they're like, oh my gosh, there's no way that you are an introvert. There's no way that you are even an ounce scared of speaking in front of people. Um, I really, I really get excited about mentoring kind of early career folks and then just getting them excited about a career in HR, whether that's at next step or not, hopefully it's at next step, but um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's really a lot of fun. What's the first thing that you would say someone who just is out of college, the first thing they need to know or know how to do in HR? Hmm. Well, probably not be scared to just do whatever, whatever HR work gets thrown at them. Whenever I've spoken to a lot of um, student organization, student HR organizations, and you know, the biggest question we get is, you know, for, especially for the HR majors, they want to get an entry level career in HR, and there's there's not not very many entry level careers that will let you come in the door with zero experience. And they're like, how do you? We're just graduating. How do we get HR experience if nobody will let us in without experience? And so I just tell them be a resource where you're at. So one of the, one of the very first HR experiences I had, I worked in a restaurant. I worked in restaurants all through college, starting when I was, well, actually starting when I was 16 years old, I was a hostess and I worked at a restaurant until I graduated from UCO. And I worked for one of the national chain organizations that's based out of Dallas. And I just, I became a trainer at Chili's and I did all the new hire orientation. I was a 19, 20 year old kid and I was doing HR work. I was doing all the onboarding. I was training the new people. I was getting their I-9s completed. Like I didn't know it at the time, but I was doing HR work. And the only reason that I was doing that is because I was the, I was the best employee. Like I showed up all the time. I worked my butt off every day that I was there. I was my manager's right-hand girl. And I was, you know, I was whatever it is that they needed me to do. And they were like, here, do you want to do new hire orientation? They were desperate for help. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And so just put yourself out there and see where you can help. And so that's how I got my first HR experience. I also got an internship while I was in college. I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car for a year, and that was fun experience just to get some exposure. 
And so whenever it came to the time for me to interview with Next Step, the only experience I had was I worked at Chili's for, you know, you know, six or seven years or however long I worked there and had done orientations and training and onboarding and all of that. And I had done my internship at Enterprise for a year and I was basically doing filing and helping the recruiters at Enterprise. So it wasn't anything super glamorous or exciting, but I just wanted the experience. And so I guess my advice is get the HR experience wherever you can find it, get an internship, go, you know, wherever you're working today, go ask if they need help with their onboarding, go ask if you can, you can help them with training. Um, all they can say is no, but it, it got me some really, really awesome HR experience early on in my career. Yeah. Yeah. Think of all of those things. And, and even, I mean, I like to say that all of our experience builds on each builds on each of the things that happen. And it's like if you, I'm making an assumption, I'm putting words in your mouth potentially, but I'm thinking about putting, putting employment pieces into somebody's employment file. You learned, you, I bet you read through some of those things. Yeah. And you thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's probably some really great stories. Anyway, but you learn like, okay, where does this go? Why is this different? Okay, this is medical. It shouldn't be in there. I mean, just things like that that are just like, now we just kind of like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is how some things might be organized or whatever, but you, you get nuanced information just from doing those things that you don't think that you should be doing. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, you, you really do. Yeah. And another thing that I did is specifically enterprise, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of, you know, HR responsibilities at, you know, I was doing a little bit, but one of the things I asked for is, can I, can I spend, you know, a couple of days shadowing some of the senior HR leaders? So there was a VP of HR for enterprise that had a separate office in Edmond. And so they were like, yeah, sure. So I get to go spend a couple of days with her, just learning about what she did and kind of what her daily challenges were. And so whether or not that's at your, your organization that you work at today, um, or you go to a, a Sooner HR meeting or an Oklahoma City HR meeting, go up and introduce yourself. So I would encourage any HR student, go to a professional meeting, even though you're nervous and scared to talk to real life grownups and go sit at a table of people that look smarter than you and introduce yourself and ask them questions and get their contact information and just force yourself into their, <laughs> into their world. Because, you know, usually normal people are very busy, you know, we're all very, very busy and I'm not, you know, looking around for people to mentor and, you know, impart my wisdom on, on a day-to-day basis. But if I'm sitting at a sooner HR meeting and a HR student comes and sits at my table and is asking me questions, I'm invested in them now. And if I have time, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll chat with them on the phone. Shoot, they can come to my office and, you know, sit and learn about what we do every single day. And so if I'm an HR student today, and this is exactly what I did way back 16, 17 years ago, I would go to those Oklahoma City HR Society meetings. I went to an OK HR State conference for the first time in 2004, and I was the shyest person ever. I was the youngest person at, at that conference. I guarantee it. But I went up and talked to people. It's like, hi, I'm Lindsay. I'm a student at UCO. What do you do? And like, that is completely outside of my comfort zone. But I met so many great people. And I think, like you said, it just kind of builds upon each other. You meet one person at a OCHRS event. You meet somebody at an OKHR state conference. You meet somebody at Sooner HR. And all of a sudden, you have, you know, a nice little pile of HR people that you know that you could reach out to and ask for help or 
you know, Hey, do you know anybody looking for an HR person or, you know, anything like that? Networking, right. networking is so important. Networking. Right. Right. Yeah. Agreed. And, um, out of that, I want people to hear, follow up, <laughs> follow up. You get their information, follow up, Yeah. make the contact. So yes, very well done. So, um, what are you surprised about in HR or something you can tell us that is the craziest, give a crazy story? <laughs> Her eyebrows just went up. It's like, oh, yes. Yeah. Um, do you have a crazy story you can share? Well, pick, I, it's, it'd be hard to pick just one. We, um, I don't know if I should say this out loud, but we, with, almost, with as many employees as we're, we're responsible for, we get a lot of doozies. And so we uh, probably, I don't know, five or six years ago, we, we started making this joke, like, Oh, write that down. We that needs to go in our book. And so we kind of joking, like, like we're going to write this HR book of all the crazy HR tales that we have. And so it, this does not leave the walls of next step. So I will never share it externally, but we have a little Google doc that if we have a crazy HR situation, we'll just do a little summary of it because it, they're people are funny. <laughs> people are funny. Oh, people, people are crazy. There are so many stories. Oh my gosh. We might have to get together over cocktails and, and talk about all of them. The, the, the first one that always comes to mind whenever people ask me this question, it was back whenever I was an HR consultant, like working with our clients. I don't get to talk to clients anymore uh, now, but whenever I was an actual HR consultant for our clients, we had this um, medical supply company. They put, they supplied medical supplies for hospice patients and they employed dispatchers and drivers and, you know, they had some managers and stuff like that. Well, I got an employee phone call and it was a dispatcher, a female dispatcher. And she told me that one of their drivers had exposed himself to her in, in the little office and she was hysterical. And I was just like, okay. And you know, I, I think she was in her early twenties. So very young and not experienced and, and, you know, in the professional world, so I had to calm her down and collect the information and help that CEO at that business. They, they were a large client of ours and large is like a hundred, they had about 120 employees. So they, we were, I talked to them multiple times a day because they, they had some crazy stuff that went on, but you know, come to find out that that employee was a well-respected deacon in his church. And throughout the investigation, there was, there was witnesses, you know, people who saw it happen, who saw the employee hysterical afterwards, who had also had some uncomfortable experiences with this employee. I recommend a termination just based on all the facts. That employee, the one who got fired for exposing himself to his female coworker filed an EEOC claim against the company, claiming that he was being discriminated against for a number of reasons. And he also called me and, you know, was telling me all, all sorts of made up stories. It ultimately ended up the reason that he filed that EEOC claim is, is my guess is he was trying to save face and he, he was embarrassed and he was trying to claim that he was being discriminated against. And he wasn't, he wasn't, if he would have just kept him, kept, you know, Mm -hmm. kept his private parts private, (laughs) (laughs) he would not have been terminated. (laughs) So that was an easy choices. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was an easy ESP <laughs> flame to win, but it was, it was a crazy, crazy. There was yeah. so much drama. There was so much drama, but it was, it was fun. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. Um, so you have volunteered with Sooner HR Oklahoma City and then mm-hmm. Ben has have become or the state director of OKHR. So how did you get involved? I mean, it kind of sounds like from college, but then what have you taken away from these experiences as well? Mm-hmm. So got involved. So I was the student chapter president at UCO, like I mentioned, and you know, graduated from UCO. And after about a year working at Next Step, my boss said, hey, we should get more involved. Like we should volunteer, you know, and so find an organization. So I was like, oh, well, at the time, even though our office is in Norman or in Norman, I didn't, I hadn't been introduced yet to Sooner HR yet. Even it it was a chapter still kind of in its early days. So I knew OCHRS and I knew all of those people. And so I volunteered, I was the college relations chair for OCHRS for about six or seven years. And simultaneously at the, at the point that I began my, my uh, term as OCHRS college relations, the OKHR organization had a vacancy on their board for college relations. So I just jumped right in. I was the OCHRS college relations and I was OKHR college relations all at the same time. And obviously I knew, you know, kind of what, what college relations was all about since I had just recently graduated. So at the time, the OKHR terms were three years. So I served for three years as the college relations chair on the state council. And we did a state uh, HR, the, at the time, Sherm did a kind of a HR games or competition for students. And so we put on an Oklahoma one, which was an interesting, fun experience. And I volunteered from time to time for that. And then I took about a year off from OKHR after my college relations term ended and, um, got a call and they needed a secretary treasurer. And so that was a position that you had to like I think you had to be elected to it. I think it was an elected position. And so I had to be on a ballot and <laughs> run for it. And so I became secretary treasurer for OKHR for two years. And during that time, I didn't, I don't know that I realized it at the time, but I think they were like recruiting me because they wanted to groom me to become a, like try to be the next director. And I didn't know it at the time. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. And so then they were like, okay, well, uh, we're going to nominate you to be our next OKHR director. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like, cause I, I could see the work that that took and yeah. I, so I talked to my boss about it. I was like, here, you know, here's, here's the, what we guess the time commitment is. Are you okay with that? So I had their support. And so I became the director elect. So to become that director commitment is a six year commitment. So you become director elect for two years. You also plan the state leadership conference for the state, all the volunteer leaders in the state. And then your director for two years. And then your past director for two years. So it's a six-year, six-year commitment. Those two years as state council director, I learned so much. I also had basically two full-time jobs. One of them didn't pay. One was a volunteer position and one of them was, you know, my role at Next Step. And it it was a lot. It was a lot of work. But I essentially gained so much experience on running a nonprofit organization. At the time, we did not have a paid... We, we had, we had, we had a paid uh, person that would help us with the books and stuff, but we didn't have a paid kind of state council administrator like OKHR has today, which, yeah, a brilliant idea. 
So I basically was Dina and director. And I, I, you know, whenever I think about, I don't know, my legacy is OKHR state council director. I got a lot of stuff done. I don't know that I was, you know, this, I, I, nobody would ever say that I'm like this big picture visionary type person. I don't think I had the capacity to do it at the time, just because there was so much, there's so much that I had, that I had to make sure and manage. Cause you know, the state, the OKHR at that time, we had four conferences that we hosted. We did the leadership conference in January, the big state conference in April. We did a legislative conference and a workforce readiness conference or something like that. So, I mean, those are spread throughout the year. So that's a big, a big commitment along with everything else between the board meetings and everything. Um, I, 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 I did my very best to keep my head above water, but I got stuff done. That is for sure. Um, but what did I get out of it? Oh my gosh. So I learned how to run a nonprofit organization. <laughs> I learned how to deal with people who were doing jobs that they weren't getting paid to do. And so I had to have some stern conversations with some volunteers who either A, didn't want to do their job or couldn't give the commitment level that they that they had promised to do. Or some, some volunteers, unfortunately, were a little bit difficult to work with. So I had to have stern conversations with them about being polite to other, to other volunteers. Um, so that, that was fun. But oh my gosh, you, I feel like you get out of volunteering so much more than what you put into it. And I put in a lot, I put in a lot of work to be state council director, but oh my gosh, the friendships that, that we make by being, you know, involved in that organization, the experience that you get and doing what we do. Oh my gosh, it's, it's paid off in so many ways, big and small that I know that my employer missed having a hundred percent of my attention during that time, but they're, they continue to reap the rewards because I got valuable experience. Got leadership. Yeah. You got leadership experience period. The end. Yeah. 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 But it was fun. I loved every minute of it. And I was very glad when I became past director. <laughs> it, I you, don't doubt it. You need a break. You need a break. That is for you sure. need a break. Well, what's great about being Lindsay? Oh, well, hmm. I don't know. I don't. I wasn't prepared for you to ask me that question. Um, I'm willing to get my hands dirty. So, with um, you know, whether it be at work or at OKHR, I'm very good at you know, recognizing what needs to be done and just either, you know, making sure it gets done by other people or just getting my hands dirty and making sure it happens. Um, you know, I, I hope that people are energized and, you know, enthused whenever, whenever they're around me and get excited about HR. Um, but I, I feel like I'm someone who, if you give me something to do, I'm going to make sure it is done well, very, very well. Um, and, you know, I think that's, that's a valuable trait. Yeah. We were, we were very lucky to get to visit with you today. So I'm so thankful that you have spent the time with us and um, we're already at an hour. Mm -hmm. Leave that. <laughs> so, I it, we are having this conversation and it's almost the weekend. So I'm going to to round this out for you. But we when we finish, we also have a few 
quick questions. So are you willing to answer some of those with us? Okay. Absolutely. Well, all right. So um, over the past year, what have you been, um, what have you been surprised to have learned about yourself? I don't, things don't rattle me very much. And, you know, the, the interruption of life that was the pandemic was rattling, you know, on a number of levels, but I tend to have a pretty calm demeanor and just kind of roll with the punches and just my approach to things is okay, well, we'll figure this out. My husband works, he runs a restaurant and we know what happened to restaurants during the pandemic. And uh, he works for a Housemith restaurant group and they ended up shutting down all of their restaurants for like six or eight weeks. And I was like, well, all right, that means you get to spend more time with us and the girl and I have, I have four daughters. So you get to sp spend more time with family and sure there was a little bit of worry from a financial standpoint, but I just, in the end, I was like, it'll, it'll all be fine. There's a re there's a reason for all of this and, and it all worked out fine. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. And yeah, right. It's going to shake out whether we like it or not. <laughs> uh, so what mantra do you use for yourself and you like to share with others? Hmm. One of the things that I say to my team is you can only do what you can do. And so when people get overwhelmed with the amount of work that they have on their plate, or they get frustrated because they're not getting the response from other people that they're wanting, like you have, you be the best version of yourself and you do all that you can do. And then the rest, the rest is up to everyone else. And so uh, again, that kind of goes back to, you know, my calming demeanor and I'm, trying to just make sure that people don't worry about things that they don't have control over. <laughs> yes. Great. All right. So copying from Brene Brown, what do most people get wrong about you? Hmm. That I, so I kind of have a case sometimes if I'm not paying attention of the, the RBF, and so some people think that I am either mean or I hate, I hate them or I'm just cold and distant. And I hate that. I hate that. Um, I always like the mantra of just assume good intent, assume that I'm happy unless I tell you otherwise. But, you know, so I work, so I, I know that about myself, kind of back to the introvert and being afraid to talk in public. I'm like, I know that I give off this demeanor of like, I, you know, I'm mad at the world. One of the first things that my husband told me after he got up the courage to talk to me when we first met was I was scared of you. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm so nice. <laughs> so, um, I am not mean, I'm not cold and distant. I, you know, I'm, I'm happy most of the time. Sometimes my face doesn't realize it though. You're processing processing information all right what well you have four I think young kids so this next question you probably cannot answer but I'm going to ask it anyway what recent tv show have you been obsessed with mm. so yeah I have four daughters the oldest are 13 and the youngest is four so some of them are self-sufficient some of them are are not recent tv show okay so of course, I'm a Ted Lasso fan, which I know that you are as well. I heard people talking about that. I don't remember when it came out, but I was like, oh, I've got to get this Apple TV thing. So I watched Ted Lasso. 
in the process, I watched the morning show. So I don't know if mm -hmm. you've watched that. Oh my gosh. Just watched the new <laughs> episode that just got released. Whew, good stuff. But one of the shows that I binged kind of during the pandemic was the crown on Netflix and I've become royal obsessed. So now I'm so concerned about Queen Elizabeth and her health and what's going to happen and all of that. So yeah, the crown, I can't wait till the next season of the crown comes out. It's really good. Mm -hmm. I agree. Okay. All of those are really good. I have not yeah. watched the second se season of uh, the morning show yet because my son has the apple stick. And so I have to watch it in his room sometime. And I'm like, this is dumb. I'm not going to sit in your room, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I'm going to be after it. All right. So lastly, uh, what book or podcast has made an impact on you? Hmm. I'm a podcast junkie. I think I've mentioned that at some point. Um, and I, I, my HR team at work, they, they know this. So I'm always like suggesting podcasts to them. I probably subscribe to about 20 different podcasts. And so whenever OKHR came out with a podcast, I'm like, dang it. Why didn't I have this idea whenever I was state council director? Cause I, you know, I love, I love listening to podcasts. I think that we recently went through Brene Brown's dare to lead book. Um, I did it with my HR leadership team that we have, and she has some great materials on her website for that book. And I'm sure all of her other books as well, where she has a workbook and that was wonderful to read through together as a team and to kind of talk through, you know, rumbling with vulnerability and that sort of thing. I love anything Brene Brown puts out. Uh, so I'll probably put that at the top of my list. All right. So how can people connect with you? Hmm. So you are more than welcome to send me an email. LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to find contact information for me. Okay. Uh, but you could always just email me at nextstep.com, lnichols at nextstep.com. I'm happy to talk to anybody and everybody who, who wants advice or has questions for me. Of course, I'm on, you know, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook is a little bit private and special for, for, for close, fa close family and friends and that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm happy to chat with anybody who has questions. Well, this has been great. And I'm so excited we learned about PEOs and all of those things. Yeah. Kind of opened our mind to some other new, different ways that HR is affecting the world. So, Lindsay, thank you for being our guest. This was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, thank guys. Thank you, Lindsay. I've enjoyed you know, it. Uh, real quick, Lindsay, next week we'll be interviewing your coworker, Tracy. Uh, she'll be on the podcast next week. So, uh, any questions that we should ask her when we, when we do that interview? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so Tracy and I have both, she's worked at Next Step for about nine months longer than I have. So, we have both grown up at Next Step, and I love her dearly. We are the complete opposite. So when you talk about like disc or personality types, she's a high I, I'm a low I, I'm a high C, she's a low C. So we are the complete opposite, but we work so well together. Um, you should ask her about um, some of the fun things that we have found at our building in what we have done them ask her we've we've um, had some interesting objects at our office and weird things happen one of them was a bat in our third okay. floor break room 
So you can ask her about that. Um, there was also an interesting object found in the parking lot. Um, so okay. we've, had, we've had some fun. fun things. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Awesome. You have those down, Rob? Got them. We're going to get them. Okay. All right. This is so fun. So thank you so much, Lindsay. And until next time. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.